The gospel lesson which Miss Marjorie read comes from Matthew, the 14th chapter, verses 13 through 21. Listen now to a word from our Lord. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion upon them and he cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and the hour is now late. Um, Send the crowds away so they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. And he blessed and he broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Twenty years ago, I was a student at Columbia Seminary, and that's when I first heard the name Steve Montgomery. The Columbia Friendship Circle was hosting a luncheon, and students were invited to attend. And I was introduced to an older member of the group, And she learned that I was originally from Memphis. And she said to me, oh, we hear they have a new pastor up there at Idlewild. He came from around these parts in Georgia and his name is Steve Montgomery. We heard he has a beard and that he has already brought a guitar into the pulpit. A guitar in the pulpit. Twenty years later, I am so much richer for having more context for that guitar in the pulpit, for having been mentored by Steve as a pastor, as a colleague, and a friend. I can still hear his voice singing those justice songs, belting them out, gospel songs. I know those of you who are here with me today can sing it and wherever you are. I'll fly away, oh Lordy, I'll fly away to a land where joy will never end. I'll fly away. Last year, Steve stated that in retirement, he would put away his alarm clock and buy a bike. And that bike gave him freedom and joy. 
a bike with a bell that he would ring, 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 and the young children would come pouring out of, in his neighborhood would come pouring out of their homes after dinner, gleefully shouting, Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve. It was a bike that he enjoyed riding all over town seeing congregants and stopping to talk as they were doing yard work or as he pedaled past them running through Overton Park. This week, this week we have prayed a lot of prayers. And I am grateful for those prayers and especially for Sarah's leadership. Not only have we prayed, we have cried. In this place of disbelief and disorientation, I have heard the prophet Isaiah's voice, and it's been a whisper, but it is more powerful than a shout. You shall hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. This prophetic voice, this snippet of instruction from Isaiah It shaped hope for a Jewish community that was disconnected from their faith. It was a community that was lost in the throes of having been turned away from God. And our congregation, our staff, our community, the world, we've heard from Cuba, from El Salvador, we've heard from all over the world, We are dealing with an absolute, unexpected collective trauma. And as a church, we share this experience of helplessness and the disorientation that comes when we can't do anything to fix this profound loss. The Lord knows that we feel it. And in this wilderness, we must turn to God, together with God and the strong power of the Holy Spirit. We will find the way and we will walk in it. Bread and water, adversity and affliction. This is Old Testament language for the pain of the trials and tribulations of living a life separated from God. We will not be separated from God. In a sense, Jesus knew the bread of adversity and the water of affliction in the story that we have today because his good friend John the Baptist had violently been put to death. John the Baptist, that locust-eating prophet who announced the kingdom of God is near, was absolutely silenced by the powers of the world. Herod killed him. The disciples take John's body and bury it, and they go and they tell Jesus about it. And when Jesus hears this news about his friend, John the Baptist, he gets in a boat and he goes to a deserted place. I know that feeling about hearing hard, difficult news about one whom you love. Just leave me alone. I need some space. We know that feeling of hearing hard and difficult news. We know that weight. 
when we hear and hold the difficult news, the world wants us to be afraid, to run away, to isolate ourselves from everyone and everything. But Jesus and Jesus, the teacher, he shows us how to be, how to see in that place of fear and loss. Although he's in a boat and although he has withdrawn, when he goes ashore, when he's right there at that water's edge, a crowd, a large crowd has followed him and is gathered there. They've also heard that news. The people, they are in need of healing, both physical and emotional. They are grieving. And there, right there, Jesus sees and has compassion for the people. And he continues his work of healing by curing the sick. Jesus acts with pure and perfect gentleness. Jesus acts with compassion. Kneeling down, I imagine that Jesus is looking into the eyes of a young child and listening and holding a sad heart story. And Jesus offers a promise. Holding that child's gaze, he says, I love you, and you are mine. I imagine a woman tired from medical treatments that are not working, shaking her head in despair, and Jesus reaches out and places his be-made-well hand on her shoulder and smiles and says, I love you, and you are mine. Be made well. And then I imagine a widow who knows the pain of inconsolable loss. She challenges and locks eyes with him. And he says... I will not leave you nor forsake you. I love you and you, you are mine. And in the midst of this beautiful healing, the disciples come in and they interrupt with their dutiful truth. Jesus, we're in the wilderness. It's dark out here. Evening is drawing near. You know, stomachs are going to begin to grumble, Lord, and you got to send them away so they can go take care of themselves because they got to feed themselves because they're going to get hungry. And you know what happens when you have a hungry crowd? The disciples come before Jesus and they offer this practical and worldly truth. We got to do something. We got to fix it, Jesus. And in that place, Jesus reminds the disciples of their calling. They need not go away. You, you, give them something to eat. And their answer is that lackluster, oblivious to what was right in front of them answer. We don't have enough. We don't have enough. Jesus says, 
bring them here to me. I wonder when I read this text, is he talking about the fish and the bread or is he talking about the people? And I am taking the bold move that he's talking about it all. Bring it to me. It's Jesus' way. A presence like no other. A presence in the midst of the darkness of fear. A presence in the midst of hunger. Jesus is a trusting, healing, nurturing presence. Bring them here to me. Friends, with an intensity that I have never felt before, we are being brought before Jesus. Where the world wants us to be afraid, God invites us to trust. Where the world preaches scarcity, God provides abundance. Where the world wants us to be hungry, God invites us to table. This is the way. Let us walk in it together.